Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. This morning, uh, I want to look at Matthew chapter 9. You know, as a pastor, these are those difficult messages because uh, I tell you, some good smells coming from that uh, kitchen over there. And there's some good food and looking forward to that. And so I'm going to do my best to keep your attention for a few minutes with some spiritual food and give you some things to think on that I hope will uh, encourage you this morning. Uh, and can I be heard back there? You know, I want to make sure you can hear me. All right, uh, got some hands up. That's good. Uh, this morning I want to talk about, here, here's the title of the message, How to Get Involved in the Harvest. How to Get Involved in the Harvest. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Uh, you know, today is Harvest Sunday. Uh, as far as myself, I didn't grow up on a farm. Uh, I'm more the city boy, I guess. You, people who know me probably already know that. Uh, but those that grew up on a farm or around uh, you know, farming communities, uh, the harvest is a, a busy time of year, and it's an important time of year. A lot of work has to be done, and there's what we would call a limited window. Uh, it's not like you have forever to say, well, I'm going to just take my time and get this done. No, it has to be finished up in a certain amount of time before the winter hits and before other things take place. And so what we find in this passage is Jesus talking about a harvest, and he's using that uh, in comparison to souls and the world. And so let's look at Matthew chapter 9 this morning, Matthew chapter 9, and I'm going to begin reading in verses 35 through 38. Matthew chapter 9, uh, verses 35 through 38, and it says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted, and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. So this morning I want to give you three thoughts on how you can get involved in the harvest. And the first one is, uh, I think to get involved you just have to consider the world a bit. You've got to just uh, consider the situation or the circumstances. Because if we don't see a need or if we don't have a burden... It's going to be difficult to get involved. And that's what I want to start with first. Notice the Bible tells us here that Jesus said he went about all the cities and all the villages and he was preaching and he was teaching. Uh, he was also providing miracles, healing people that were sick and providing other miracles of help. And then it tells us in verse 36 that he saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion. Moved with compassion. And that implies that his heart was moved. He looked upon the people and he got a burden. Have you ever had a burden for someone or something? Uh, I've had that before. Uh, maybe someone you know is hurting, uh, and you're hurting with them or hurting for them, and it's just a burden. Or, or you, they, you see someone and you just hurt for them. There's just a burden there. Well, that's the, the picture we get here is he's looking upon the people, and he has a burden for them. And then he explains the burden. He says here, it's because, he says, they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Uh, as far as a sheep and a shepherd... Uh, the shepherd is the one who guides the sheep, provides for the sheep, takes care of the sheep, leads them, protects them. And Jesus looks upon, looked upon the people of the world and says, they have no shepherd. Uh, fainting, they're, they're weak and they're weary. 
You know, we can be really weak and weary in this world. And he says people are weak and weary. And then he goes on to say there, and they're scattered abroad. Oh, there's movement. They're active. They're living. But they're just going all different directions, scattered abroad. And he says they're like sheep without a shepherd. There's no direction in life. There's no purpose. For some, there's no hope. It's just today. Whatever happens, happens. And that's the picture he gives of the world. So this morning, I want you to consider the world today. Uh, 2021. As far as the world, the world is made up of people. I did a little bit of research and found that uh, it's estimated that we have 7.9 billion people on this earth. That's a big number. 7.9 billion people. That's a lot of souls when you stop to think about it. A lot of people. Sometimes it's hard to comprehend. Also, I found, uh, and this is just an estimate based on different surveys that have been done through the years, it's estimated that 2.5 billion of those people claim to be Christian. Now, I don't know how many really are or not, but that's two, let's just take that as a, a fact, that there are 2.5 billion. You let leaves. How many? That's a big gap of people that are without Christ in our world today. I think it's safe to say that the harvest in our world is plenteous. There are a lot of people that need to hear about Christ. And there are a lot, whether they're in another country or even here in this country we live in. Maybe the city you hear Little Rock. Maybe your neighborhood. Maybe your friends, family that, that are without Christ that need Christ. They're, they're, they're like the sheep without a shepherd. And, and maybe this morning you can think of some that you just are burdened for, that you want to pray for. And so that's what we have here, the people. There are people in need. I want us to look over at Matthew. Let's go two chapters over to Matthew chapter 11. And I want to just point out the answer for people in need uh, before we move on with the rest of this, this passage here. Matthew chapter 11 gives us the answer that we can give people. And maybe someone here needs this answer. It says here in Matthew 11, in verse 28, this is Jesus' words. He says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lonely, lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Okay, Jesus here, some refer to this as being the great invitation. He's inviting people to come to him. And the, the two groups he, that he invites here are those that labor and those that are heavy laden. Those are two different words. The word for labor means those who work, who are active. Working, working, working. And he says, those that are working, and there's nothing wrong with work, by the way. The Bible teaches we should work and we should be active. But uh, as far as working, uh, I think it refers to those who might be working, maybe for their salvation or working, trying to, to, to appease God or please God and, and are finding no peace in that. Uh, and he says, come unto me, I'll give you the peace and the rest. I'll give you the answer. And then the next one, those that are heavy laden, this refers to someone who has had a burden placed upon him. Not of their own choosing, but it's been placed upon them. I, I think we can all probably relate to this at some point in life. Uh, I'm sure at some point in life something's happened to you that you didn't, you didn't cause it. You just have to deal with it. Uh, it probably happens at work sometimes. For those who uh, work, maybe at work something happens where a decision is made of, above you and you just got to deal with it now. Uh, or it can just happen in life in general. People can make choices and you're, you have to deal with those choices. That's what this is referring to. Those that are heavy laden, that have burdens placed upon them, not necessarily of their own choosing, but have to carry those burdens now. He says, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden. I will give you rest. He says, I'm the answer. I can give you that peace that you need, that rest. Now, the way you come unto Christ is, uh, as far as salvation, understanding you're a sinner. The Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That includes everybody. 
That's not just one person or one age group or one classification. Everyone's a sinner before God. And the Bible says all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. But it also says, uh, let's go over to some of these passages. I'm going to go to Romans this morning. We'll go to the book of Romans, chapter 10. Uh, I'll take you to Romans this morning, chapter 10. And we'll see how you can, uh, if you're not saved, how you can get that settled. And if you are saved, then you can praise God for your salvation. It says here in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So uh, that word saved means to be rescued, to be redeemed. And it says if you confess with your mouth, in other words, you, you confess your sin, you repent of your sin, you accept Christ, you believe in your heart, so it goes beyond knowledge. You just have to, to believe, accept Christ, or receive Him in your heart. It says, Thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Uh, verse 11, For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on Him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon Him. You know what that tells us? Salvation is for everybody. Everybody, it can be saved if they call upon Christ. And verse 13 confirms it. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, this morning, I can tell you this morning here, I tell everyone here, you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. I don't need to know your past. That's between you and God. But if you repent and you receive Christ, you can be saved. And that's the, the message of salvation that we find in the scriptures. That's the message I hope that you have responded to. You've accepted Christ as your Savior or received Him into your heart. If not, that's something you can get settled this morning. Uh, you can settle it in your heart right now or afterwards. If you have more questions, talk to myself or someone else that uh, knows the Scriptures that can show you from God's Word that you can be saved. And so just make sure you're saved. But that's the message that we need to take to the world too. After we're saved, we're responsible to tell others that they can be saved, that they can have answers for their hope as well. So let's get back to our, our text now. Uh, trust me, each point, I'm not going to take that long in each point. I just got to, I wanted to develop salvation so we understand the message there and the hope we have. But the Bible tells us here, we're in Matthew chapter 9, and it says here, Jesus looked upon the multitude. Uh, and so as far as considering the world, there's people in the world. But let me give you one other thought. There's plenty of work to do. Plenty of work to do. Uh, I encourage each of you to to think about someone that you can be a witness to or, or an encouragement to. There's plenty of people that we can share the gospel with. There's just a lot of work to do. And so we should just recognize the need. Just, just recognize the need. And that leads me to my second thought. It says here, Then Jesus, uh, verse 37, He saith unto His disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous. Laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest, that He will send forth laborers into His harvest. So that's the next thought here that I have for you is, first we must consider the world. Then second, I want to encourage you to call for workers. Call for workers. Or if you want to put it this way, call for help. That's, that's what we find here. And who do we call? We call the Lord. We talk to Him. And we ask Him to give us more laborers. Send more laborers into the harvest. Now, here, here's some thoughts on this. First, he, he does say there is a, a lack of laborers, is what he says. Notice he, he tells us here, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. In other words, there's a lot of work to be done, and more can get involved. Uh, you know, have you ever heard that phrase, the more the merrier? You know, the, the more you have involved, the more work you can get done. And, and that's something I think we see in life in general. You know, as companies grow, the more people join them, the more the company can grow and, and become more successful. What's the same with churches? 
The more people that come into a church, the more work that can be done for the Lord. And the more that can be accomplished. Uh, and that's what's exciting about seeing churches grow. Is that it's God's work that's being done. And it's God's work that's growing. But that's an encouragement. And here's something I want to encourage you to do. Because I think everyone here can do it. If you're saved, you can do this. You can talk to God. And if you want to get involved in the harvest, you can ask God to send more laborers. You can ask God to send more laborers. And you say, well, Pastor, what does it mean as far as laborers? The word refers to someone who is working and is referring to the harvest now. So what we want to ask that God would send us more people to go into the harvest. Now, I think of missionaries right away. You know, we, do, we should pray for more missionaries. Because uh, they're willing sometimes to go across the world, to leave everything behind, to take the gospel to a nation that may not have many churches or an area that doesn't have any gospel light. They're willing to go. So the first thought is pray for our missionaries. We support missionaries in our church. Pray for them. If you want to get involved in missions, you can give. Uh, and you can give to mission work. If you designate that, you can give. And that will go directly to the missionaries we support to help them do the work God's called them to do. And, and so we should pray for, for missionaries. Pray that God will give more missionaries, send more missionaries to go out. Uh, how about just in the area, in, in our church? Let's pray that God will give us more laborers here in our church. Uh, and that can be anything from people who pray. By the way, we need prayer warriors. We need people who just talk to God and ask God for blessings. And that's something everyone can do. But let's, let's ask God to give us more prayer warriors in our church. More people that will lift up our church to Him and lift up me as a pastor to Him and lift up the members to Him. Also, let's pray that God will give us more laborers as far as the harvest is concerned. People who just want to share the gospel with others. Maybe teachers. Maybe people involved in music ministry. Uh, all different ministries in the church. As we grow, we want to have ministries, and we pray that God will give us more laborers. Uh, here's one of the things I encourage you, though, to think on. And No matter what work you do in the church, I think every single member should be involved in taking the gospel out. Amen. Everyone should be involved, whether it's a pastor. You know, there's no position that is what we'd call too high for the work. All right, A pastor should be involved in gospel witnessing. All pastors, all teachers, everyone in the church should be involved in taking the gospel out, whether it's just in your own personal witness on a day-to-day basis, or it's involved in the church outreach. Whatever the case may be, I encourage each of you to look for ways you can take the gospel out. Now, here's a thought here, too. Get creative in your witnessing. Get creative. Here's how you can get involved in the harvest. Uh, You know, I I should have brought a track up here with me. I don't have a track. I I don't think I got one in my pocket here. Actually, I do. I, I got one of our postcards. You know, there's a lot of creative ways you can hand out a postcard or one of our gospel tracks. Uh, you can take them. Uh, I, I heard one uh, pastor call them gospel bombs, is what he called them. He goes, you can leave them in different places. And someone may come across and read it. And he called them gospel bombs. He goes, because you just place them and people may find them. And by the way, that they get read. Uh, I've seen people pick up tracks. And I've seen people pick up a track that I didn't leave. Someone else left and I saw them read it. Put it back down. But they read it. And, and that's something you can do. Now, uh, also another thing is you can pray that God will, will bring you... you your path across someone else that day that you can, if they're saved, you can be an encouragement to them. But if they're lost, you can be a witness to them. You can share the gospel with them. The late evangelist R.A. Torrey, he determined in his life that he believed that the reason the Lord left him on earth each day was because God wanted him to speak to someone about him that day. And so he would start his day asking God, God, please show me that person that I can be an encouragement to. And he said the days that he didn't find that person, it was because he was so selfish, is what he, he summed it up as. But he said when he was open, he said it was amazing how many people God 
allowed him to speak to that day about him and just encourage him. So pray for ways you can share the gospel with somebody and look for opportunities uh, that you can share. So what we have here is we have, as far as the call for workers, pray. Pray that God will send more laborers. And then uh, I kind of got ahead of myself. Let's go back to, to Roman or uh, Matthew chapter 10. I was kind of, I guess I got a little excited about this next point here. And the next point is commit yourself to the work. Notice what happens in Matthew 10. Right after he told them to pray for the laborers, it says, And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, heal all manner of sickness, all manner of diseases. And then it says, Now the names of the twelve, he gives us the twelve. And then it says here in verse 5, These Jesus said, sent, these twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, into the city of the Samaritans, enter ye not, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. There was a purpose to that, by the way. Later, the gospel would open up to everybody. But here's the point I want to make. After he told them to pray for laborers, then he told them to go out yourself and do the work. So we're to pray, but we're also to be active in taking the gospel out. And that's what he did. He, asked, he challenged them to pray, but then he challenged them to commit themselves to the work themselves and to do what they can. And here's some ways that you can commit yourself to the work. First, uh, just make it a priority. I have found in my life when something is important, then I tend to do it. If I don't think it's important, then I might do it. Maybe I'll put it back to next week or the week after. Or maybe I'll never even get to it. But if it's something I believe is important, then I'll make time for it. And I think it's something that we should just determine in our life that sharing the gospel with somebody or being a witness or a testimony is important. And we ask God to give us opportunity. Now, I know today's day and age, uh, you know, things are different. I know, uh, I don't think the Lord wants us to go lose our jobs tomorrow uh, because we go out and we're, we're foolish and just begin, you know, saying things at work that all of a sudden people disagree. Here's what we have to ask. We have to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves, is what the Bible tells us. In other words, Lord, give me opportunity to be a witness. Open up doors for me. I might not be able to say anything directly here at the moment because, you know, the way the, the world is right now, but God, open up a door where I can speak to this person or I can be a testimony and then look for those opportunities. Now, some of you may work at workplaces where you can share the gospel, uh, but some may work, work in places where it's frowned upon, not talking you know, religion or anything like that. That's where we just ask God to open doors. And then when those doors are open, we take advantage of those and just, just share with people. And, and it can be as simple as just sharing with someone who's having a rough day saying, you know, uh, I... I don't know what you're going through, but I I know who can help you out. I know who's helped me out, and that's Jesus. And then you can start a conversation uh, about Christ. And so there's a lot of different ways that we can witness to people. But I want to encourage you just to to look for opportunities and make it a priority that you're going to see if you can invite someone to Jesus Christ. And and here's the challenge I give you as a pastor. Um, It's the same challenge of the late... Charles Spurgeon, he was a pastor in England in the 1800s, and the Lord blessed his ministry. And here's what he challenged his church, and I encourage, here's, I'll keep the challenge in front of our church. If you can lead someone to Christ, then do that. That's the greatest blessing is to see someone saved. And if you're able to share your testimony, maybe. And by the way, I know a lot of people were saved just by hearing someone tell them how they were saved. Said, you know, this is how I would say That's how the Apostle Paul did it. He just said, you know, this is how the Lord changed my life. He can change yours too. And so just share your testimony with somebody. So if you get that opportunity, then, then I tell you, that's a blessing. But if you don't have that opportunity, let's say you're unable to spend time talking to somebody, or let's just say the Lord doesn't open up those doors. Well, then 
invite people to church. Because when they come to church, at church they may hear the gospel, or someone else in the church family may have an opportunity to lead them to Christ. And so that's the challenge. Do, do the best we can as far as trying to lead people to Christ, but if you are unable to, just invite them to church uh, where they'll hear the gospel, on the, they read it on here or they'll hear it in the message, and God will work. And so that's a, a way you can be involved in the harvest. You can invite people uh, to Christ, and if they don't come to Christ, invite them to church where they may... Uh, hear the message of salvation and come to Christ then. So here's some, some thoughts I want to wrap it up with this morning. i got three thoughts in conclusion. It's a lengthy conclusion, so this is the challenge here. Let's read this passage again. He says here, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Okay, there's, there's three thoughts I want to leave you with this morning. The first one, this passage implies that there is work to do. There's work to do. And here's some encouragement. If you see the work, then get involved. Or if you see the work, ask God for more laborers. But but if you can't see the work, then ask God to open up your eyes so you do see it. So there's work to do. That's what this implies. And we have to see that work to get involved. Let's consider people. Okay, here's how we can see the work. You know, everyone that you meet this week has a soul. And everyone's soul is important. Um, your soul is important. My soul is important. It, everyone that you meet has a soul. And that is important to them. And so when we begin to realize that people have souls, they're going to spend eternity somewhere, either with God or without God, then we are encouraged to share the gospel with them or let them know there is a way they can be forgiven. And, and others in this world need help, too, and we can be a blessing to them. So this implies there's work to do. We just must look around the work. But also, there's another implication here that's interesting. It implies that the work will end at some point. The harvest doesn't last forever. There's a short window when it comes to the harvest season. And this implies that the work will not continue forever uh, I read in preparing this a while back that one thing farmers do understand is that there's a limited time, and because of that limited time, they work hard. Uh, a few years back, a visiting uh, family out in the Nebraska area, and we were driving through this time of year. And I remember driving, and we were, it was about 8 at night, already dark out, and it just hit me. Like I said, I wasn't raised on a farm, and especially out in Nebraska. Uh, where farms are everywhere. And we were driving, and I remember, it just hit me because we come across different fields, and out there you see the lights. They were working. They had their harvesters out there, they had tractors, they had trucks, and you can see the lights out in the fields, and they were working out there. Eight o'clock at night. Uh, that's because the harvest had to be brought in. Uh, and then when I started talking to people when I actually got into where we stayed, they're, oh yeah, that's just part of the harvest. You know, it's, it's 24-7 for some until, until they get it complete. And that's the challenge for us, is this work will end at some point. Right now, you know you can be involved with the work with Jesus Christ. We can work with him in taking the gospel to the lost. When we get to heaven, we won't have this work anymore, you know, because everyone in heaven is going to be saved. And we'll rejoice with the Lord. But right now, we have the work to do. And so that's the the challenge I want to encourage you, is work now while you can. Work now while you're able to. Uh, Work now while you have the opportunity. And take advantage of that opportunity. Also, the implication here is that there is a time of rest ahead. Okay, when the harvest was complete, that's when they had their times of rest. Today, still, 
They'll have celebrations. Uh, some will have feasts. Some will have get-togethers. Uh, because it's a time of rest. It's a time of the work is complete. Now we get to enjoy the fellowship and the rest we have together. Now, here on earth, I know we can enjoy some time of fellowship. But the implication here is our time of rest is when we get to be with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, today, we're to continue doing the work we have that God's given us. Being a witness, being a testimony, uh, taking the gospel out. So, uh, someone put it this way, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with resting. Uh, I think it's okay to take a vacation. It's okay to take time off. It's okay to have family time. But we must remember that there's still work to do. And we're to be active in serving the Lord and being a witness uh, for Jesus Christ. So here's how we're going to close it. The harvest is plenteous. Laborers are few. I want to encourage you to see how you can get involved. If you are involved, just continue being involved. Uh, If you're not, then get involved. Pray for more workers. See what you can do to be a witness to other people. And let's pray God will bless. Now, as far as practical here, my prayer, I'm so grateful we filled these chairs this morning. I'm grateful you're here. I'm so grateful that you're here. I pray God will give us more. I pray your friends that you know that might not be saved or you are praying that or maybe they're not in church somewhere that as you reach out to them that God will work in their hearts. You know, one thing about church families, as they grow, isn't it wonderful to serve God together with family and friends? And invite your friends, invite your family members to church. And let's pray that God will bless our church and we'll grow. And as a church, we'll grow as a church family. And we are. God's already blessing our church. We pray he'll continue to bless. And let's pray for more laborers. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.